What's going on, everybody? We are live with the Reseller Roundtable, episode number three. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'm super excited to be here today. Unfortunately, Scott, dumpster diver dad, can't make it today. He's not feeling up for it. He's not feeling good at all. And I know he was really excited because he finally, finally got a microphone <coughs> and headset to actually make this uh, video slash podcast official and you know but anyways mm -hmm. i have addicted to hustle alton here yep. and i also have dr Dem denim brian hey, hey. he's at my bottom i don't know where you guys are but yeah, on my on bottom, bottom. Yeah. uh everybody else introduce yourself and let's let's get into it go for it brian um as kevin said this is brian aka dr denim coming to you from texas <laughs> all right well <laughs> that's a heck, of, heck of a way to start brian um well my name's alton uh, addicted to hustle uh so you'll probably just know me more of selling on amazon and now we'll be talking more into the whatnot app and selling collectibles and things like that so let's get on with it all right who how do we want to open up the first subject tonight well uh our biggest subject tonight is what is the best platform to sell on um is it still ebay so i guess we can definitely start there what do you think? I think Dave? we should also say down the future too, because for me, my answer is definitely going to surprise all you guys with who I think is going to take this whole space over in the next few years. I'd give it five years. If we do a five years future from now, who do you think would would be the uh, the winner? We'll do that after we explain. Okay. Um, who I think right now is is pretty good. Uh, eBay, as usual, is always crushing it for me, but I'm noticing a lot more sales. Even with le I'll usually list twenty a day on on eBay. In about five or six good set, good listings, I'll put on Facebook Marketplace and um, uh, Macari, and I get some. Uh, I've been getting between two to three extra sales between each of them per week, right. and I'm only listing probably maybe 10, 15 items per week on there. Um, but I am noticing a lot more traffic is coming on Facebook Marketplace, and it seems to be if you list there. It's hit or miss, right? So I listed two expensive Rush band concert t-shirts about a week ago, right. and both of them got zero views. But then I list some suits, sport jackets, and blazers and golf clubs, and they get hundreds of views. So I don't know if it's something in the listing that hits it with their, their algorithm because everything on Facebook Marketplace is run by a computer. It, nobody behind the scenes like eBay um, or Macari, it's all by computer. Right. Um, eBay, I would say, is great. Where you can you can actually still call them up, but I'm sure in the future they're going to go away from that, where everything's going to have to be on the computer. But as we sit now, I think hands down, eBay, it's not too far ahead of everybody else, but eBay is still killing it for me. I mean, I can see. What about you, Brian? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, I've gone back and forth on cross-listing, and I've used quite a few of the platforms, eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, Facebook Marketplace, OfferUp, Five Miles back in the day. Um, so yeah, those are the main ones. And last month, two thirds of my sales came in through through eBay. So to me, eBay is hands down. It, well, depending on what you sell, if you're selling one-offs, um, unique items, I think eBay is still the best, has the biggest audience and you can make the most money. The people that I personally know who make the most most money, um, they're they're on eBay. You know, like like I, I'm in Tech and Sports and Chris's group. Tech and Sports makes seven to eight thousand dollars a day gross, and Chris is probably about half of that. And in our Facebook group, there are probably ten or more people that their ninety day totals are over a hundred thousand on eBay. And I don't know anyone that's you know pushing those type of numbers on anything other than Amazon. And if you're on Amazon, your the profit margins I'm, I'm sure are not nearly as big. So for me, uh, eBay is still king. But you know it depends on what you sell. Like if you sell shoes, because Poshmark's shipping is is cheaper and you can ship up to five pounds for like seven bucks and change. It, it may not be a bad idea to do that. But then you can get into the question. Maybe we can talk about this later of cross-listing. Is it worth your time to cross-list? Because I actually timed it. Um, even using like list perfectly, uh, when I was cross-listing from eBay to Poshmark, Mercari, and Facebook Marketplace, it took like two minutes for that to cross-list. And then when it sold, probably another minute to take it down. So that's three minutes uh, per listing. And 
you know, in about five minutes, I can get a whole another listing up on eBay. So personally, I think it's better not to cross list, um, to, to focus, make eBay your one thing and to get more listings up. But I do sell some replenishables, some multi-quantity items. And those I do separately list on Poshmark and Facebook Marketplace um, and some even on OfferUp. And that's about a third of my, my other sales. So I think when you're looking at platforms, you kind of have to look at what you're selling um, and then figure out which one of those might benefit you. But I'm personally not a fan of, of cross-listing. And I did test it out. Um, I spent like two or three weeks cross-listing. And what it came down to for me, like, like shoes, I was doing heavy shoes for about three weeks. It came out to like 80% of my sales were on eBay. Um, then next was Poshmark, maybe 15%. And then maybe 5% was on Facebook Marketplace. And not one shoe sold for me on Mercari. So that's just my experience. Yeah. And to piggyback off of you on the um, hold this perfectly, they, I love, absolutely love it. Um, I don't know when the last time you used it, but now they got it where everything transfers over. How long ago? Last month. Uh, I mean, for me, for mine's cut and dry quickly. They, I don't have to do anything besides just put hashtags in there. Um, and cause my titles are already made out. My descriptions already made out. So for me, I absolutely love this perfectly that again, it gives me, I want to say four or five sales extra a week. So, I mean, especially what I, and it's really helped me hone down what's good on Facebook marketplace and what's good on Macari golf clubs sell great. All the way around. Facebook Marketplace is really surprised with sport jackets, suits, and blazers. I'm very surprised. I sell a lot. The majority of my sales are either golf clubs or sport jackets, blazers, or suits. Um, and again, for I have the pro version, so I think it's like 50 or 60 bucks a month. And two of those sales in one week pays for it. So everything else is, is golden. And I know if I do cross this more, again, I'm going to have more sales. Um, there was a time a few months ago where I was having about nine sales a week on Facebook and about three or four sales on Macari. Can, can um, I ask you a question? Sure. Sorry to interrupt, but okay. So you say you can get more sales <clears throat> and I'm not trying to be antagonistic. I'm just really curious because I've looked into this and I've gone both ways. Um, I, I agree. Ultimately you'll get more sales, but, but what is the cost? Like how many listings can you get up and cross list to multiple platforms? And then if you didn't cross list, how many would you just get on one platform, say eBay? Well, again, I always do at least 20 a day now. So anything else after that's golden. So I always do my face, my eBay first and then everything else after. So to that, it, it's kind of like, um, minute or minimal to me. Um, but I know I can do a cross this in a matter of literally one or two minutes and that's on Macari and Facebook marketplace. Um, and there is, it does with golf clubs, sometimes they can get stale, but I've noticed with Facebook marketplace, if you post them to the right groups, they can go pretty, pretty fast. Um, almost instantaneous, instantaneously. I've had quicker sales on average on Facebook marketplace than on eBay. I've had listings that had over thousands of views on, um, mainly golf clubs, but I do get views, more views on some of my sport jackets and blazers it's hard with regular clothing i want to say like sweaters t-shirts jeans i it seems like something with the algorithm if you put like keywords in there it, it just doesn't let you have any views it's so strange how that happens and again facebook marketplace is all run by an algorithm um so whatever i put maybe in the description is keeping it blocked from being having views but i keep going at it i mean sometimes i get frustrated but then i sell something you know right. i mean today eBay is very slow for me. I've had two sales on eBay and then one on Macari and then one on Facebook. So it's, it's how it goes sometimes. Now, how about you, Alton? Uh, well, I mean, for me, I, I think uh, in the terms of, as we know ourselves as the dig down and resell, right? Like I think eBay will always be king when it comes to the variety of things we can sell. But um, for me, I honestly am liking two different platforms with Amazon and my collectibles using the whatnot app. So the reason being is I have less time invested on the whatnot app. Like when you're talking about time is money, um, I might spend one to two hours sourcing during the week. And on Saturday, I'll have a sale, an auction. And this might sound crazy, but I'm buying them at a dollar or $2 a piece. And I'm averaging about $10 average bid minimum. Some of them go more. 
And if I have a hundred pop auction, you know, I have made a heck of a lot of money in just two or three hours on a live that I can focus on doing eBay or I can focus on doing something else. So I think uh, with me, eBay is the third in line um, when it comes to priority lists. Uh, and it's just because I sell differently than y'all do. Um, I do a lot more newing, doing all the, the new stuff on Amazon. And then I separate it. Well, if it's used or something, of course, eBay. Um, but again, that's more hit or miss until y'all finally decide to convert me over to close. Now that might be soon, but uh, right now it's Amazon because I just enjoy the, that I don't have to compete with everyone based off of a review. Um, I'm competing to a buy box. And if I can stomach the the price, then it has a higher chance of selling. So we'll see. And that's on Amazon, right? Or is that on yeah, that, that's the on Amazon. app that you've been using? On Amazon, yeah. So whatnot, there's no competition but your own. So when I, what I say about it is it's all about how you socially interact and you build your community. So when you go live, right, just like we're live here on YouTube, um, the whatnot app allows the notification to go out and people see it and they can join your live. And then there they can bid on the items you got rotating on your screen or however you have it displayed, you know, and... I don't know. I feel like I get per minute better value for the collectibles and the amount of space. I can rotate anywhere between 75 and 150 pops a week out of this place quickly. And I can let that be the big money maker as far as I, to me concerned. And if I'd get one or two sales on eBay, great. Or if I get 20 sales on Amazon, wonderful. But I mainly focus with books and new products on Amazon and anything used or hard goods on eBay. So it's all about knowing what you're enjoying. I think like y'all do clothes because I mean, you can get the volume, get y'all's daily listings. Um, I just, I'm not quite there yet, but I think I have an idea for something that I'm going to talk about building this new eBay account with my father. So we're going to be talking about that probably after stream. All right. And then let's touch on where we think the future lies with um, all the platforms. Um, and this time I'll, I'll have you start Alton. Um, I think you might've touched on this already, but I think possibly... Um, the two we're going to have to worry about are, of course, Amazon, just because they're the big shark. But um, I think the competition to Amazon is going to end up being Walmart. So they're going to drive a lot of the sellers like us out. Um, Facebook, though, I think being community driven, they have an opportunity to really step forward. If they put the right tools in place, I think they have a chance to overtake eBay. It's only if they do it right. Like eBay has been here for so long. They built that rapport with people that there is at least some standard. Facebook just isn't known yet. But if they can do it right, I think Facebook might have a chance to compete and even possibly deaden eBay. But they, I think they got to get the community side of it together before they do that, though. Yeah. Now, how about you, Brian? And I, I'll finish up and let you guys know how I feel. Yeah. Well, I think each <clears throat> each platform has you know pros and cons. Um, I sell some stuff locally on OfferUp. Mercari, eh, not not really worth my time to be honest. I think it's it's eBay. Now I, I almost consider Amazon a, a whole different beast. I mean, you're you're selling new items. You're competing. You know, it's a race to the bottom. You can get kicked out easily. Like I just I know there's potential there, but I don't like the things I've heard and, and the way they they treat sellers there. Um, eBay currently is they brought in the ex-CEO of Walmart and they've the focus is currently on getting repeat uh, customers that will shop with the same seller. They, they want you to build a store. They're, they've unrolled coupons um, now on the data. And by the way, the, I think the advantage eBay has over all the other platforms and not including Amazon is the data that they give you. That can guide your decisions. You can see your impressions, your your uh, page views, your clicks, your conversion rate. You can see what percentage of customers are repeat customers. There's just so much data there, and eBay is really pushing to get those quality repeat buyers. Whereas in the past, they were just trying to get you know like maybe a one-time user to the platform, but now they want the quality user. They want the guy that's you know they come they come buy from you like. I, I get a lot of multi-quantity orders now as my store's gotten bigger. At least every other day, I'm getting a multi-quantity order. And if you do a good job, if you're providing quality items with a good title, good item specifics, good price, 
and your customer gets it, they're happy, they're likely, or there's a good chance that they're going to come back and shop with you. If you build a niche store, now if you're selling everything, it's, it's, you can't really do that. But if you niche down, like, like what I'm doing, clothing and, and shoes or any other niche, like there's people that do, do media and different things, then somebody can come back to your store. So I think I, I like the direction eBay is heading. And like I said, it, it, it there's more people making more money on eBay in, in the one-off game than any other platform. I do to a degree. Um, I think Facebook marketplace has the potential because it's tied to Facebook and they have so many, you know, there's so many users that they do have that potential if they put the money into it and get their act together where, where they could definitely challenge other platforms. The thing I don't like about, about Facebook, you know, you create a listing and then, over time, your options are to renew it, but you can only renew it so many times and eventually it dies and then you have to delist it and relist it. Um, and that that's a, a big negative for me. Poshmark's probably third place, but, sh but Poshmark, you got to share your closet, share your closet, share your closet. And they just don't have the same number of users. Um, I think if, you, if you're selling trendy items, like some items do better there than eBay. Like I, I don't want an item get a hundred likes. I want one person to look at it and to buy it. Like I, yeah. To me, I don't know. So eBay's still king, but Facebook could be. And I, I don't think it's going to be five years. I, it depends on how Facebook handles it, but they have the potential to to be number one. Yeah. So for me, hold on a second. For me, I definitely think uh, Facebook has the biggest upside. Um, I mean, they only take again. I think it's five percent fees unless you do those ad boosts in which I don't do any of the ad, the boost ads. I've never really niched down to figure out exactly how to get those ads to the right people. So I've noticed my impressions will be great, but the views aren't there. So I kind of stopped doing that. But I think if they stop at the stupid algorithm and with the, I've, I've been hit so hard many times, at least four or five times with the whole getting locked out of my account and then being suspended from selling on Facebook for no reason. Um, and I mean, they have marketplace has a dedicated uh, Facebook group for that. And months ago they went out and said, we will ban you now. If you talk about literally, they said in there, we were going to ban you. If you talk about um, being, you know, whether you have low views or whatever, maybe it's because it's just too repetitive. But the thing is, is if it's repetitive, they should take that, not with a grain of salt, they should take that seriously and figure out how to fix it. Um, because if they ever got this fixed, ever decide to turn around and actually have live customer support, they would definitely have no problem being number one, if not be close to number two. Um, they have so much upside. There's so many, everybody's on the platform. There's, they have so many more people on the platform than eBay. Um, plus, I think my average per sales is more with with because there's no fees basically like five percent fee like you charge them for the shipping and one of the great things about shipping on facebook is that i could ship an item that weighs 40 pounds and it's probably really it could be really long and large on ebay it would be like 60 70 bucks i could sell that in as long as the weights that the way it is if it's 40 pounds 40 pounds i could i could send it out for 25 or 30 bucks um, they don't go off of the size of the package. They go off the weight, which I think is a huge advantage over eBay on their um, on selling on eBay. Uh, and another thing is, I just I'm not a fan of no customer support. Um, I know they're trying to make things better for the consumer, but by making things better is open up shop and actually be able to talk to people because we all get frustrated at times eBay, I think, is good at stroking our ego and, and trying to be there for us and letting us vent because um, I've had my issues with eBay. So I don't know. My feeling is if they can get their, their, their stuff together, the future is definitely going to be Facebook. They already own almost everything else. They own Instagram. Um, they own – is it TikTok they own too or no? They own something else. Um, but when they get a hold of this all, they're going to – they're just going to – they're going to run eBay. I think they're going to run eBay out of business within 10 years. Um, now, I do want to pull up. So we all figured that out. I do want to pull up on e-commerce e bytes. I'll share my screen. Um, this is, if you don't subscribe to eBay e-commerce bytes, then I don't know. You should because it's 
it's for um, resellers. Uh, they've been around forever. And hold on a second. Let me get there. I'm going to pull up now. So they make a good point of, oops, there we go. Let me know if you guys can see the, see it. Can you guys see the screen? Let me see. I'm having to wait till it pulls up on the thing. Yeah, yeah we can see it. Okay. So it says eBay grows seller's fees, but not seller sales. Um, sales on eBay dropped 10% in three months, ended in September 30th, year over year. The number of active buyers on eBay declined 5%, which I think is going to be because people are on Facebook Marketplace. They took their business elsewhere. Um, the eBay put more in its own pocket in the third quarter thanks to collecting more fees from sellers. Uh, and again, I'm trying to be honest here. I'm trying to see both sides of the situation. Uh, yeah, our sales have grown probably because I list 20 a day. Uh, Brian, you list what, like 25, 30 a day? Yeah, um, but just to, I think you have to look at that a, a little differently, though. Like like what I was saying earlier, like eBay used to try to get that, you know, that customer that may shop on eBay one, one time per year. And so in the past, they had more total buyers, but now they're they're going after quality buyers, a buyer that's going to spend 500 to 1,000. So yes, they may have fewer buyers, but I think they're trying to get the buyers that the serious buyers, buyers that are loyal to eBay. So I think there is some nuance there that we, we have to keep that in mind too. No, no, I, I totally understand that. But then this is why I pulled this up because I'm trying to play both sides of the aisle too. So when you go down here and you say, see this, eBay also said it took more fees from sellers who advertise. Growing promoted listings ad revenue by 12% in the quarter. While a simplistic take, that means in the aggregate, eBay sellers paid 12% more in advertising fees for 10% fewer sales on an individual basis. Um, but fewer and here's a good point. Sales. It may mean some sellers are advertising more just to maintain sales. And I totally agree with that. I feel like I've, I usually used to do 3.1% in promoted listings. Now I'm having to bump myself up to 7%. Uh, that's not by accident. That's because we have other promoted, the preferred, I think it's, what is it? Preferred promoted listings now, uh, which is you basically get paid per click. Uh, so I don't know. That is just me playing devil's advocate. Yes, eBay is great, but I also believe try other places also. Uh, I know, Brian, you are dead on eBay. I've been dead on eBay for years, but since I've picked up uh, List Perfectly, let me get this out real quick. Hold on. Yeah, List Perfectly, I've, I'm seeing sales other places that if anything did ever happen, if I ever was suspended from eBay again, like I was for three weeks back in June, which crippled my business, uh, and it wasn't even my fault, uh, it was some glitch in the system that no joke, no one else has, has been a part of. Um, but I mean, I do agree I, that it, it helps you diversify in that situation. Um, th that part I agree with, but I don't know. I just ran the test and it, it just came back to 80% of even using list perfectly and all those platforms, 80% of my sales were still eBay and the time, because I, I'm part of Chris and, um, Tech's, you know, daily refinements group and everything's about efficiency everything's streamlined, you know, everything's getting shipped out in a poly bag or a box or two. And the whole process is to sell similar off my items to be able to list faster and to list more items. Because if you think about it, um, like if you make 10, let's just say you make $10 profit off a bread and butter item. And if you can list that item pictures photograph listing in five minutes, then you could list 12 per hour. And we know over time, if you list consistently, it's called reseller Nirvana, you, you will sell what you list if you have good listings going up. So if you're doing 12 an hour at $10 profit, that's 120 bucks an hour. But so if I, instead of listing say 12 per hour, I'm only listing six per hour and then I'm cross listing all those on different platforms and I'm taking them down when they sell and double selling and all the headaches that, 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 that entails. 
my hourly production just falls. Um, so that's why I do it after when it set but, aside but still, a half it's hour. Time that after I could be listing more of that after to me, it just comes down to what, what gets you the most listings. But I, yeah. I understand, I understand your point. It, it does diversify. Yeah. And this is why I like this conversation because we both have, we all both feel different differently about this. You have your experiences. I have my experiences. Um, so what else, what's the next uh, thing we should touch on? I know I wanted to get to, and the, we had a group question that I posted. Yeah, let's, uh, let's cover some probably, group questions. Yeah, I'm probably going to do that every week. We're going to put up like maybe four questions and the best, the one that gets the most likes or whatever, we'll, we'll run with it and we'll, we'll talk about it. So this week's question was in the group. Um, share the view. We wanted to see the viewers best sales of the week. And we brought, had a couple that came in. So we, we brought, put it down to two people. Uh, and I know Alton, you said you want you want to talk about one also. You had a friend. Yeah, so one of my friends, um, new to the whole reselling, never sold anything. Um, so I'm having to, you know, the teaching aspect again. You know, I told you I was teaching my father. So teaching is really my side of the house. I enjoy that side. So um, she actually was a part of the whole Pokemon craze with Oreos. I don't know if y'all just recently seen the Oreo packages that were in the stores, but she um, bought a few packs and was lucky enough to get uh, one that had, I want to say it was the Mew on the cookie. It was a really rare print that they were going to do. It was just random. There were a limited amount of packs made. And some of these cookies are ranging from just one cookie sold on eBay between $700 and anywhere between $1,400 and $1,500. Now, she put it at auction starting at $800 with an option for an offer or buy it now. So she put that in for her very first one. She got an offer this morning of $800. Now, that was just hey being aware of your what could be possible you know oh this is going for this well if you find it make sure you sell it so i wanted to make sure we, everybody knew that you can start with anything uh it doesn't have to be closed it could be what's trending right now if you're paying attention to social media oh did y'all see this um oreo also a while back when the last season of game of thrones came out i don't know if y'all remember those oreos well, you were buying them packs of Oreos for what, four or five dollars a pack? I was selling them for twenty-seven dollars a pack on eBay all day, and then straight out That's people insane. were buying, yeah, and people were buying them twenty dollars a piece on Facebook, but they were buying ten or twelve packs of them at a time. It's insane, and I'm like, when I went in and bought quite a few, but they were buying them. It's crazy. So I think our knowledge has to be more than just items. I think like Brian, he he's got himself into a platform where he really enjoys niche down right but i think i don't think brian would be the one to tell you like if something like that came across and he come across it he'd list it like he would be the one to say yes i'm still going to list that item i'm gonna take a few minutes and list it because it's worth it but what he's saying his value is in his time so i think to get started i think this was a great starting point for this person so that way they have money to invest and really get into the resale game they've been looking for the reason to get in and this was for her a way to do it so Hey, I was like, I was so happy to hear that this morning. It was like, hey, I got an eight hundred dollar offer. Please tell me you took it, right? Take, Please take it. Please. Yeah, take it. You know. Take it and run. You know, um, and then pray for the feedback. Right. That's don't forget about that. Yeah. Yes, you got to make sure you get the feedback on it. And I still haven't gotten feedback on the the eight hundred dollar Kirby vacuum sale, and it's been close to. They've had the the item for like two and a half weeks, so I think I'm good on that end. Right. Uh, but you just never know. You really you know, don't. And um, that's the thing is um, the other thing I think eventually one of the topics we'll come, come cover is are you packing and shipping your items properly? Um, that was one of the things that I think if you teach early enough, like she asked me, how do I ship this? How do I ship a cookie that's an $800 cookie? And if, if USPS decides to throw this box, how do I know that this thing's not going to crush it? And Insurance. Yes. Well, insurance for one. But also how you take the time to package this thing says a lot. You know, I know people who do great job at packing mugs, other people who do a poor job and it's a wonder their item gets there intact. You know, I feel like as we have an obligation to make sure we teach you the right way, you know, not just this half, whatever we want to call this and just throw it in a box like Amazon does. Now that's another topic for another day. Amazon is the worst at shipping. I just, their people aren't trained and that's the problem. 
but that's another thing. Yeah, I know. um, So for me, I'm going to share my screen because I have the two pictures of the listings that sold that the viewers shared. So hold on a second. Let me know if you could see it. Yeah, we can see your screen. So this is uh, Resale Nation. He sold this about, I think it was like two weeks ago though, but he's like, man, I want to share this. I remember when he had this up because I was watching the item the whole time and I was like, dude, it was at $800, I think the second day that it was listed and he ended up selling it for $1,500 plus 21 shipping. Pretty sure, let me get out of here and find out. He bought that for $10. It's insane. Okay, so the auction ended at 2K, but buyer did not pay. So he got the offer for 1500 and took it. Hey, Kevin. That's just amazing. For the podcast, um, can you explain what it is he sold? Oh, sorry. It's a RIAA presented to Bruce Springsteen, 3 million sales. Uh, For the record, see, he didn't put the record in there, but it's a platinum album from his greatest hits. And I think he had over 120 bids or something like this on this. This is, it's a, Really good sale. He paid $10 and he sold the Bruce Springsteen 3 million sales platinum record. And it has a cassette, the bottom right, and then a CD, the bottom left. And the center is the platinum record uh, for $1,500 plus 21 shipping. And that is from Resale Nation, who is Zachary Pennis, a long time member of my group. Did he say where he picked that up for 10 bucks out? A garage sale. Man. Yeah. Nice find. Yep. That was a good Yeah. He had no, he couldn't believe when they said $10. I remember talking about this because I, again, again, I followed the whole auction. I couldn't believe it uh, when it was happening because he posted it in our Thrift and Lounge Facebook group. And then the second one is from somebody who I, I talk to all the time. He is, if you ever have any questions about running auctions, Andy Spath is the guy to ask. He's the best at running auctions. Most of the, I think two thirds, he said the inventory he does runs, he runs auctions. And then the one third is, is uh, buy it now prices. And this is a definitely a bull item. And I've been reselling for almost close to, actually, I think it's been about 20 years now. I've never come in contact with any Tom Ford. So this is very hard to find. Tom Ford is in the nineties. He used to be the head designer at Gucci until he ventured on his own. A very talented designer. How do I know this? Because I'm very heavy on fashion. That's mostly what I sell is fashion clothes on on, um, on eBay. But Tom Ford, and I believe he said he picked up three or four of these. He paid $25 and he sold this uh, for $99 plus shipping. And then he has two, I believe two or three other ones. I don't know if Andy's in the chat right now. Uh, he was here earlier, but it's a Tom Ford large dress shirt, long sleeve button down. It's got the spread collar. Uh, and it looks like it's purple. I don't know, but he did this at auction. And again, if you have any questions on auctions, on how to run an auction, on what you should do, even keywords, he is a master at keywords um, for for eBay items uh, for clothing. His name's Andy Spath, and he's in my Facebook group, the Thrifting Lounge. And you can contact him anytime. He always writes back. And then that is it on that end. Uh, how about you, Brian? Do you have any? Did yeah. anybody reach out to you? Um, what did I share last week? Do you remember? Well, this is this is for the viewers. Oh, for, from the viewers? No, not from the viewers. Yeah, let's see. Clay says he sold a poster you would have liked, Kevin, a few weeks ago. A poster from 1987 that was the world according to Ronald Reagan. I got it as a kid and sold it. Beat up for 130. Wow, wow, that's a, that's a lot of money, man. Yeah, especially coming from one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, Andy is in the in the chat. He says he got five of them. He sold a polo tom ford for 119 and then he sold that one for 99 he still has three tom fords left again it's something that's i've never come in contact with tom ford and believe me if i ever did i would buy it uh and it's been 20 years since i've been uh reselling so very hard to come by i mean all you gotta do is check out his solds on ebay so type in tom ford or even you can even type in gucci and then also put tom ford because there is people that have found Gucci stuff from the Tom Ford era. So let's say Gucci, Tom Ford, or Tom Ford, Gucci. And then the insane prices that that follow. And then uh, now, what are the other subjects we're going to hit tonight? Well, I think we kind of flew through most of them, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess we could probably talk more of, based on those platforms, what varieties um, do you think work best in each platform? Like, uh, you know, whether it be media, clothes, like you have more of a, 
eBay has a more of a catch-all, right? What are things that people can get into easily in those categories? Well, and and to follow up on that, um, guys watching the live the live video, if y'all want to let us know what you sell, we know Andy obviously selling clothing, and Clay selling posters. Yeah, and that's what I want to do. I definitely told Andy. I've been in contact with him. I I want to get him on on here so we can discuss how he runs his auctions and then how he goes about researching uh, keywords for the for his items because he is a keyword genius. Like any questions about Under Armour, Heat Gear, any questions about polos, stuff like that, ask him because he is so good at it. Um, and he knows the exact times and dates to to run these auctions too, where you're going to get the most action. Uh, so I know he was thinking about doing some sort of course or um, book that he was going to end up doing. I know he did run into some health issues, so I don't know, but I would definitely want him to get on here so we could we could discuss that with him. Uh, and that's also another thing I want to touch on. We're looking to do interviews once a month on this on the channel uh, for the podcast and and for the YouTube live. Um, Andy says, if you want try next week, that's cool. That's fine with me. Yeah. We could do our first interview with somebody to have him on because he is a world full of knowledge with keyword in, and then auctions. Um, and if anything, Hey, at least you try it, right? What works for one person may not work for somebody else. And for, to touch back on the, where I think would sell good, I think golf. So I, I've been, I've really been heavy on golf clubs this year and I think I'm going to start doing get heavy on an, on a, on a specific niche niche each year. I think maybe jewelry next year for me, but I'll still be doing everything else I always do. Uh, but I've learned so much from golf clubs in a short of time amount of time. And it's made me thousands and thousands of dollars. I can't say how much thousands of dollars, but it's made me a lot of money. And I do feel that they sell. If you get the right clubs, they sell quick and they sell fast on all platforms. Macari, I'm talking about all clapper for me, which is, Macari, eBay, and Facebook. Yeah, there, there's a guy in our group. That's his niche. That's all he does is golf clubs. Yeah. And he's got the sourcing angle down. Because that's the thing. If you niche down to one thing, if that's all your time and energy is spent on that, then you're going to figure out sourcing. You're going to figure all these things out. And part of the sourcing is, like, he goes to every country club. And he's also in Florida, so y'all have tons of them. And he, he talks oh, yeah. to the owners, the managers, and he's working deals where he's getting used clubs, um, the new clubs when they go out of season, and he's building a business just on that one niche. I think if you try to, like, you can accumulate a lot of knowledge, and there is power there. You can't, you know, you, you can't become a master just by doing everything, I don't think. I think you can make a good living, don't get me wrong, but I guess it depends on, like, and maybe that we need to talk about that one week. Like, what is your vision? What is your goals? Because if you don't set, if you don't have a vision in mind, and if you don't have a clear cut goal, if you're just kind of um, reselling as you feel, or you know at what you come across, then I don't know if that's going to lead you in the same the same way. Whereas if you say, hey. You know, I want to sell X amount. I'm going to do this niche and I'm going to figure out the sourcing. I'm going to get the supplies down. I'm going to get the shipping down. I'm going to know when I need to hire what amount of people. Like you can really just take it to another level. So I don't know. But back to your point. Yeah. Golf clubs can be great. I, if in where you're at, Kevin, I mean, I don't know. May, what would you do if you if you found out that there's a certain niche that the ROI is really high on and you have a you had a lot of supply? Would would you niche down or, or, or would you just keep going with a little bit of everything? Man, that's, you know, I've been, I've been fighting with this the last, what was it? Last week or so. We talk about this all the time. Like, Oh, I want to niche down one day. And I'm like, Oh, we saw assortment of things. I don't want to niche down. I just think I get ADD. So me doing everything and learning everything and doing it for so long, I just think it's just, I see something. I'm like, if I can make 30, 40 bucks. So like I, me and my girlfriend came to the agreement. If it's an item we can't make, unless it's clothing, if it's an item we can't make 40 bucks on, say it's like an antique or non-clothing, non-golf item that we can't make 40 bucks on, then we're not going to touch it. So we're basically trying to niche down. Uh, and she's great at pulling me one way because you guys know me. I'm everywhere. Like my mind goes one place and it goes everywhere, everywhere else. Uh, but I, I, I want to niche down to see what the algorithm because I see how good it, it favors your stuff with your Levi's and stuff and the, the jeans. 
But then it's like, man, what if I pass? It's something I've been seriously fighting for a while now, like niching down or not niching down, you know, because I, we, we have the rule as resells when we start, learn three niches and then resell, you know, learn them in and out and then buy them, buy it stuff. And that's great and all, but me, it's like, ah, uh, I learned from, I want to say like, it's like a painting, right? We have masters. And I don't know if I've we've touched on this before. I forget who I've talked about this before. So I look at masters like Ronnie Hart. Chad Pagel, uh, the Gilmans. Oh man, ha Matt Holland and Holland, Holland Hobbies in here. He knows everybody I'm talking about right now. So you have those masters, right? Steve Rakin. They each had their they have their niche, but they're masters. So they do everything else also, but they have their main niche. And then I've learned with them, or we we came up the same way. And so I look at myself also as a master. I know everything about everything almost. I can go to an antique booth, antique store. I know stuff about glass. I know, of, you know, golf clubs, antiques, whatever it is. I can go in the store and you give me an hour and I'll, I'll try to look through almost every section. I have to look through every section when I go into the store. That's just me. Um, and I think that's what makes, in my mind, makes somebody a master and a complete reseller. It's okay. You, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about you, Brian. You're a master in your niche. Me, I'm more of like different niches a master in because I've done it for so long and it's all the way. I mean, I hustled. So well, to to be here, you, I, I, the way I hustle is learn everything, learn as much as you can, go out and find the stuff and sell it. That's just how we how we, we grew up back in the day doing this. And, I, and I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But if I guess you got to, that's why I said the vision, like you got to, define the game. Um, we, we talked about that in the, the book we just finished, E-Myth Revisited, like the game. And who is playing that? Like you mentioned a lot of people. Well, how much are they grossing per month? How much are they netting per month? And if you look at the people who gross and net the, the most, they're, they're niched down. Um, I don't. So I mean, if you your goal is hard. to make the most money, I think you got to. This is where we differ. You're, you're, you're niching down. And this is no argument. This is us just talking, you know? No, yeah. Um, it's just a debate. I'm not, yeah. I'm not when we, out. when we niche down, so you're looking at like, um, uh, Tekken and Chris, Chris is totally different. I, I would just say Tekken, right? He's more niche down vintage goods, shoes, stuff like that. Chris is the abundance of like quick flip, make 10 bucks, quick flip, make 10 bucks. A lot of people don't have the space. A lot of people don't have the time. A lot of people can't just do that. So they, they average it out. So like, if I can't make 40 bucks on an item, then I'm not going to touch it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a, a really good when you start. Um, I'm at the place now where Chris is like 15, 20 bucks, whatever, flip it. Because I have so much, I have $2,500 in inv uh, 2, inventory. But with what I want to say, one of my, and I'll always shout him out all the time, Ronnie Hart, the dude makes like $90 on average on a, on a, on, on a sale and he sells everything he knows everything but it's something that you just day is he making he's I, making i don't think it matters though <laughs> he's killing well. it dude he's always been doing this though that's the thing but people like that with where i where i've come from and it's the same people chris learned from chris learned from all of us yeah, and i'll tell you chris, the same chris thing when is, we started he's told me he's left all that behind that the only by the, the person that does it about us is tech and he's a convert and now now chris's numbers are better than they've ever been. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that any of those guys are doing anything wrong. It, like, like I said, Chris wants to make as much money as he can. Tech and sports wants to make as much money as he can. I want to make as much money as I can. So that's why I'm niching down. I'm not even saying clothing. You could niche down into media. I mean, anything. And I think, and this might be good to talk about on a different show, like knowing your, geogra your geographic area and what you have available. Yes in abundance should influence what you niche down to. Like each region, each area has different. Like where I'm at, we have year-round garage sales. We have tons of thrift stores. We have estate sales. We have flea markets. Um, you could drive, you know, three or four hours to the to the port and then they have rag houses there. So, you know, we, we there's a lot. The truth is there's more clothing in my region than, than than I, I can handle or, or, or ever max out on. So same here, Florida. And I'm sure same thing with you, Alton. You're in North Carolina, man. Like we're in three big states where you can basically do this. And I watched Taco Stacks today and I haven't watched his videos in a while. And he went to an auction. He says last auction for the year until they shut it down because he was in Pennsylvania. And I'm saying to myself, oh, that's right. We're all year round. So we're really one up on everybody else living in, living down here in, in the Southwest and the Southeast. Um, we really 
take advantage of that too in the winter. And that's why I've noticed we, we have a really good fourth quarter, all of us do, because of we're able to go to auctions, we're able to go to state sales, we're able to go to yard sales all year round. And then um, I was also thinking too, same thing if you did YouTube, like if you're doing, you know, YouTube garage sales, they can't do that in the winter up North. They can't do any of that stuff. So I got to think, I was like, man, that's a, that's one thing we do have up on them. And again, these YouTubers have to put out videos. So you're going to see a lot of videos now that's non-garage sales. It's a lot of talking. Um, with us, we can go, hey, every weekend we can go out for a yard sale or even go to community yard sale. So well, I think that's a great me, point I'm the only me. one in this group out of all of you that does not have access to a 24, uh, 24-7, 365. Anytime you want to make a sale as far as yard sales goes, I can't do that. Um, I think here wow. it does get stuck about what? I, I can go into the end of November before it gets way too cold. Uh, but out here, it's just, it, I don't know if it's just more mentality or what, uh, but they don't start coming back until April, where a lot of people I hear is, you know, late February into March, yard sales coming back. It's a lot later, but it ends about a month or so later than up north. So we just extend it. It's just shifted per se. And that does mess with my fourth quarter. Because if you're looking for sales and things to sell at like that, you got to be preparing as soon as it opens and just know that, hey, I might hold on to this till September or October, but it's going to sell. You got to be willing to put a little bit more money out knowing that your time frame is shifted and you don't have access to it, you know, 365 days a year. Yeah, Brian, you really touched on a good point, though. That was great that you brought it up about all year round. Um, huge advantage over the, the rest of the country that's in this, especially the Northeast. Um, it's kind of like when we're all locked down, remember? And like, we started opening it up. So we were able to go out first with the yard sales and, and, uh, estate sales. And man, the inventory was such an abundance, but what I'm noticing now that we're back to normal again, their thrift stores after the, after we had the lockdowns, and this is maybe a subject we can touch on right now. They've raised them heavily around here. The goodwills are pricing per piece almost. And it's weird. So Holland Hobbies, Matt, in the chat, you you remember this back in the day when Goodwill raised the prices on sport jackets and suits to 15 a sport jacket, 30 a suit. Well, quickly, nobody was buying them. So what did they do? Now they're back to $7 a suit or $10 a suit, $6 a sport jacket. So you see that. They they try to make a big raise and then they're like, whoa, wait, this isn't, this isn't working for us. We got to bring it back down. We have all this inventory. So I wonder what that's going to do um, because it just seems Goodwill just keeps raising and raising their prices. There's got to be a price point where us resellers say, hey, listen, you guys are on your own now. You guys want to outprice us? We're going to back off. We'll go We'll go to the local mom and pops. Like I love the local mom and pop thrift stores. Uh, I always find gold in there and they're always fine with what they sell. They don't. They may not make much profit, but they're happy with what they're selling. You know, and I like supporting the real community. Uh, what are they? The real nonprofits. You know, the mom and pop places, the SPCA's, the animal um, rescue places. Those those are real um, charities. Whereas right. Goodwill, they hide behind their charity and and they they pay their CEOs for that region, each region, up to three hundred fifty plus thousand dollars a year, which I think is bogus. What was the next subject to, to touch on? Well, one last thing for y'all move to that is I think right now, if you're looking at it, not only is it items that we're looking for thrifting that are more expensive like that, but everything is on the rise. And I think they're taking advantage of that too. So like, as they're seeing everything else get more expensive, they're going to increase their prices no matter what, because they're going to try to make as much, they're capitalized on the moment. Goodwill's doing is, yeah, they raise their prices. But one thing you don't see is on eBay, we can't raise our prices. Our prices either stay the same or we get an undercut. And then they raise the prices on the shipping. So that's another issue that we have to, to take in effect. Which is um, why know, I think you have to, to grow your store and niche down so you could, because the bigger the store, you, you just have a lot of advantage over smaller, smaller stores. Yeah, yeah. I like the smaller stores a lot. Uh, again, cost per good. So whenever I enter what we have, what bin we have, and when we bring it home, we put the receipt and then we average out exactly each sale. I'm just seeing like those big stores at Goodwills are like three, four dollars per item. Whereas you go to our, we go to our local one or we do this, we go um, ticket hunting. So like the ones that are on sale, we'll just buy, we'll go through the store and we'll just buy whatever uh, colors are on sale and just do it that way. 
And then next week we'll wait for the, whatever we missed out on. We'll wait for next week until that one goes on sale. That's a good way to do it too. Uh, and really try to get ahead. Yeah. We didn't have Scott here to kind of slow it down a little bit for us and, and make it last longer each subject. But one thing I do want to do, uh, man, Alton, he has done an amazing job putting this cut and break it. What we're doing is with the YouTube video afterwards, he, he downloads, he rips off the audio and then he edits it. So if you go and you listen to the podcast, there'll be a lot of, a lot less ums, no one talking. Oh, yeah. and it's more, I feel action packed. I feel like the podcast is, is great. We're on a third episode now on there. Or we have two up, right? Yeah, we have two up currently. Um, so until maybe until the process gets a little more repetitive and easier for me, um, the current goal is to make sure that like tonight we can say, Hey, last week's podcast is now on Spotify and every major one. So by Wednesday, but now as I get faster, you may start seeing them come up on Monday. Um, and Monday is the ultimate goal. But um, right now, as it stands until we can get that groove going, um, we're going to make sure Wednesday is the deadline. So we can at least tell y'all, Hey, if you missed last week, you can check out and listen to the condensed version without all the chatting back and forth to the chat and things like that. So, and then where, where can they, what uh, podcast places can they find us on? Uh, currently right now we're on, uh, what was it? Uh, Google podcast. Was it, uh, but mainly right now we're on Spotify. I'm waiting for the approval to get onto iTunes and was it out, outcast? What's it called? What's the other one? Castbox. Castbox and a few others like that. So we're waiting for those approvals. Um, but we are on reseller roundtable on Spotify. So just look that up the reseller roundtable and yeah, that's where you can hear from right there. That's great. Oh, uh, yeah. and, yeah, can I and then a plug real quick. Sure. Kevin. Um, cause I just got this from Chris, AKA daily refinement. Like, like I was saying, I do, um, I host a book club within text paid group and, and we read business books, entrepreneurial books that will help us become better resellers. That's kind of the gist of it. And we've read three, I mentioned them earlier in the, the, the show slash podcast. Uh, I asked because we've been talking about YouTube and I really haven't done anything with my YouTube channel in a year. And, you know, to be honest, it's, there's not much there, but I did ask Chris and tech today because we record those, those episodes. I asked him if he didn't mind if I uploaded those to my YouTube channel, he said for sure. And that he would, he would even help me. Like Chris said, he, he'd be willing to help me grow my YouTube channel. So that's, that's pretty cool. So if you're um, like Val, I don't know if you're still out there, anyone else that, that likes to into self-development, um, especially relating to becoming a better reseller slash business person, um, stay tuned, check out my channel, uh, Dr. Denim, if you haven't subscribed and we'll, we'll get some book content out there for you. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then we're also planning on trying to get a blog up. Uh, I definitely want to, I've been dying to get a blog going for years now so I can write like best brands to look for, just just little stupid things like that that I enjoy doing that I'd like to put down on paper and and just uh, put up on the blog and and uh, kind of grow from there. And I think uh, I know Alton's going to help me do that too. So I want to thank everybody tonight for coming okay. in. And uh, see you guys next Thursday at make sure you smash the like button too. Yeah, yes, and like or dislike, whatever. Whose channel are we going to be on next week? Is it yours, Alton? We don't think we've done yours, have we? We have not done mine yet, so I guess it will be next week on mine. No, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see about uh getting Andy Andy on. I know he says he wants to come on next week, so we can do our first interview with somebody that is very sound in auctions and keywording uh on eBay. Right. Other than that, thank you guys for Absolutely. coming and watching and stay tuned. Thank you. All right. See you guys.